So we deployed um, 30,000 computers in three days, which is pretty amazing. At this time, the challenges we've had going online, uh, there, there have been many, but the good news is it's worked out fairly well for us. I think we can all come out of this feeling proud of the way that we've adjusted quickly and that we're meeting needs. Nobody saw it coming. A pandemic that would close our schools and almost overnight move all learning online. We head out to the wild west of education in Plano and Collin County, in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. The good, the bad, and the inspiring. Up next, welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside of Plano. And just outside of what you might expect. You'd hardly be shocked if a tumbleweed rolled through the middle of downtown Plano these days. As COVID-19 turned much of our city into a ghost town. Businesses shut down, offices closed, and workers began working from home if they're lucky enough to still have jobs. But for those who are educating our young people in Plano and Collin County, the past two months have been extraordinary. Well, my name is Neil Matkin. I have the privilege of serving as the district president of Collin College. Collin College took an extra week of spring break to get ready and then quickly moved the majority of its entire curriculum online. And in that time period, we brought 6,000 classes online. Plano ISD also pivoted in a big way. Sarah Bonser, superintendent of schools, Plano Independent School District. Like Collin College, they only had two weeks to get ready. During that, that second week of time that kids were off, we were working very quickly to provide some resources for parents to use. We called it the at-home learning website for parents, and we're trying to find ways to make the uh, learning fit uh, each one of our students. And that, that's a challenge. We have 53,000 kids. During that time, we started training our teachers and our curriculum staff because we write so much of our own curriculum in Plano, and that's one of the foundations of the excellent education that our, that our students get, is that we were able to go in and start customizing our own curriculum to, to take where are the key uh, priority learning standards that we need to make sure we're focusing on uh, during the times that we're out so that we're, we're hitting the biggest uh, things that are the, the most complex for kids to learn that they have to know. Plano ISD students have access to Chromebook laptops in the schools. The staff had the monumental task of getting those laptops into the homes of the students. We deployed um, 30,000 computers in three days uh, to students, which is uh, pretty amazing. While the curriculum staff was planning all of where were the teaks and the learnings that kids had to do for every grade level and every course subject, the technology team and instructional technology department were designing trainings and then taking all of our Chromebook carts apart at the campus because they were never designed initially to go home. And they had to re-image every device to be um, CIPA compliant so that we were 
having all the filtering that's required by law for children on a device that they use for education. Plano ISD teachers and staff weren't just focused on making sure that kids kept learning during the lockdown. They also looked at how to ensure that students were getting enough to eat and that other basic needs were being met. We've served over 160,000 meals in, in three and a half weeks. Um, and then in partnership with the North Texas Food Bank and Mini's Food Pantry, we've hosted um, mobile pantry distribution to over 7,000 families. So the need is great, and I, and I never want to miss an opportunity to say to support all those organizations that are helping take care of families because all across the district, um, people, are, people are in need. Um, and then we also um, have been providing school supplies to the families at home through our Education Foundation and Core Store. So the foundation is bundling school supplies, and, and parents can go on our website and click I need supplies, and we'll bundle them together and deliver them to the doorstep so they never have to leave home to get the supplies they need. One of the key um, priorities for all of the actions that we've taken is, you know, our number one belief is that students are the, all students are the heart of our decisions. And so keeping social and emotional health on the forefront is really important. My name is Jana Hancock, and I'm the Director of Guidance and Family Education Services in Plano ISD. One thing that we're hearing is that it's it's a daunting task for families to connect their students to schoolwork and and facilitate them getting their work completed and potentially be working from home as well themselves and maybe even dealing with younger children in the home or elderly family members. So it's it's really a daunting task for them. So one thing that we're doing to address that is is, uh, working through our parent educators to develop some videos that could be of assistance in terms of families developing routines or sticking to timetables. So a lot of the work that the counselors are doing right now really is equipping parents to help their children to learn from home. Our other concern that we're hearing most is, is the financial impact that this has had on a lot of our families. And we're addressing that by posting a number of resources, staying in contact with partners so that we understand what resources are available to families right now. And then the district is also highly or heavily engaged in distributing food to families. So we're trying to connect with every one of them as, as quickly as we can to determine what needs they may have, not only in in accessing the learning, but what other needs the family may have. There's a new coalition that's been founded as a result of this called the Plano Coalition, which is a group of church leaders in our county um, responding to the needs of our community right now. And our homeless liaison, James Thomas, uh, has a leadership role in that to make sure that we're meeting as many of the social service and basic needs of our, our homeless kids as possible while we try to keep them in the education system. So um, definitely a challenge, but we're heavily involved in, in all of those efforts um, to meet the, meet the needs of our families, and especially our kids who struggle with uh, homelessness. You go to the website, there's actually, uh, you can click on a, a resource database so that if you need clothes or you need food or you need shelter or you need dental services, 
Um, there's a, a link on that site to connect families to resources, and our social workers are continuing to update that. And then there's the problem of those students who have not reported to class online. Some may not have Wi-Fi or other tech support at home. You know, I heard a number out there that, that 20% of Plano ISD kids were not engaged. Um, that is not the number we have right now. Right now, we were hovering between 94 to 95% of kids have engaged in some way with remote learning. For the past week, we've, we've identified how many kids uh, have we not engaged and, have, and we've started to re-engage some. Sometimes it's internet access, so even if they have a device, if they don't have internet, that's a concern. Our big providers have, provi- have offered free internet service for 60 days to anyone with a child in a school. And so um, we've, we've been able to connect some families to the Internet that way. Um, we have ordered hotspots uh, so that we can deploy uh, additional Internet access devices to families in need of that. Um, and they're on back order, but, but we're assured that they're coming soon. And, and in the meantime, we've uh, created hotspots within our campuses so that uh, it goes far enough out to boost to our parking lot. So a parent could go up in a car, and uh, that map is on our COVID website uh, that allows someone to access through to, from their car with their device, which I know is not an ideal learning environment, but at this point, anything we can do to help, we're, we're trying. On top of all this, the counselors are tackling the challenge of keeping high school kids on track for college admission and for the job market. Our counselors are checking in with every senior to make sure that we're supporting them in terms of financial aid applications, college uh, decisions. Many colleges have already backed up those deadlines so that it's giving our students more time to make decisions. Uh, So we're, we're working on sending out financial aid information to let people know that they can still apply, and then just shoring up those applications. We're we're fortunate in that the vast majority of our academic planning was complete before the the break and the closure, but we're still supporting students in terms of making those decisions for next year, making any changes or adjustments to their schedule. Counselors are also working on dual credit and ensuring that students get uh, connected through the application to call in college and are able to register. And then we're working with students very directly that are struggling academically. So we're still getting grade reports, and we're able to intervene and, and help provide some supports to students that are struggling academically. And then in terms of college recruitment, I mentioned that there are a lot of virtual resources now that we're trying to connect our students with and make available to them. So those are being announced through campus information that goes out and on those counselors' Google Classrooms. And then we've also got it on the website. Each week, our counselors from grades pre-K through 12 are posting age-appropriate lessons on the website so that students and their parents can access these optional lessons, of course. And they address the three areas that we focus on in our program, which are academic success, 
college and career and military readiness and then social emotional growth. We do have a lot of options for students to reach out to teachers, for teachers and counselors to work together to support those kids in a remote kind of a way and help them structure their day and, and access learning and finish their lessons. I think I would say that we're we're going to encounter challenges throughout our lives and one thing that's important is that we learn how to cope with those challenges and that's that's a big part of the counselor's role is is helping students and families learn how to to work through those challenges and come out uh, on the other side with some positive and helpful skills. Are you enjoying this episode of Plano Podcast? If so, you can join our growing list of patrons. Visit planopodcast.com and click on the support tab for more information. Now, back to the show. Collin College made the move to online while serving its very diverse population of students. Realizing not every skill could be effectively taught online. We've got a broad, a broad spectrum. Some of our students are actually still in high school taking dual credit classes. Some of our students have face-to-face and hands-on kinds of clinicals like our medical students. And so this entire push to online, uh, it's, it's had the most challenges probably with our folks that have hands-on labs and hands-on kinds of technical courses and, and programming and computers and robotics, that kind of thing, as well as our health sciences. It's truly not possible to do everything online, and we, we've been working with the state and the local officials. We will be doing some catch-up, and we front-loaded some of the curriculum for things that were more lecture-based, and we've really postponed some of the, the hands-on uh, clinical types of experiences. Now, some of our clinicals and hospitals have continued, depending on the hospital and depending on the, the particular field. Others have had to be delayed. But we, we recognize that uh, these do have some uh, heavy online practicums that need to be achieved. In other cases, for example, uh, the Board of Nursing and uh, the SAC, COC, our accrediting agencies, have allowed more time with simulators uh, than what we would have done normally. But it's absolutely critical that we get the, the right skill set and we get the right practice and the right, right hands-on experiences. And so we are working, uh, trying to put mitigation strategies in place and working hard to do that. Collin College students will get grades this semester. And Matkin says that he sees some lessons learned from this time that inspire the college to continue to innovate. Well, unlike our university cousins that are graduating folks from their institution, many of our students, yes, they graduate, but a larger number transfer to universities. It's very, very important to us that students not have to take a course over again because a pass or fail or a satisfactory, unsatisfactory grade doesn't convey what they actually did. But we haven't adjusted our grade policy. We're going to do grades as we always have. And we feel like, uh, and we've talked to many of our students about this, and we absolutely feel that as a result of the transfer component of our mission, that it's a, a greater service to our students uh, to give them a GPA grade, numerical grade, as we always do. I think some of our, our faculty that said they will never teach online got an opportunity to experience it. And I think some of the folks that, that maybe weren't as attractive to teaching online have learned some new tricks. There are, it is a different environment. You have multiple and different modalities you can teach in. 
I think having a, a mass exposure to that is going to give us some lessons learned and some some really as we launch the Collin Virtual Campus in this next year, which is already on the on the planning charts for that. I think it's going to help us to be even better prepared than we already are. So what's next? At Collin College, plans are underway for a delayed graduation ceremony. And the school is helping students think about searching for jobs in a market that's likely to be very difficult. The graduation ceremony will be in August, and we are working on finalizing a date and publishing that. And as far as students graduating and handling their job searches, we're only now, having gone fully online this last three weeks, we're only now starting to turn our attention to the services that students usually avail themselves of at this time of the year. Certainly, the career counselors and others will be available, and we're working on exactly how to roll that out so to communicate to our students what resources we can provide for them. And today, a year, looking back a year, we have about the same number of withdrawals that we had when everything was working face-to-face, hybrid, and online. So we feel like we've preserved our student body very, very well. It's been a very, very busy several weeks, and I think we've done a pretty good job so far. So I'm very, very proud of the team, and we're getting good results, and I've got a lot of positive feedback. At Plano ISD, the focus is shifting towards reaching those kids who haven't yet connected to remote learning. The kids who, who have not been able to connect, um, we're, we've worked on our summer learning plans, our intervention plans, our credit recovery plans, um, and so we we have a plan for that, and we'll be engaging with those families. A lot of families have come back online this week, and so um, you know it is a concern that there will be some that we we have not engaged, and we're going to have to deal with those on a case by case basis. But um, for for us, we feel like um, the number is much smaller than other places, and I think a lot of that is due in part to the to the parents here in Plano and Plano ISD really um, helping their kids from home be engaged. Both Plano ISD and Collin College are staying highly engaged with their peers across the state and the region. Those strong connections are benefiting our students and shaping policy. Well, I am in, in touch with other community college presidents regularly throughout the week. We all belong to the Texas Association of Community Colleges. We've had uh, multiple conversations with the coordinating board, the commissioner of the Texas Coordinating Board, as well as other officials of that staff, as well as the lieutenant governor, and it goes on and on and on. And there are different challenges in different parts of the state. Collin College was extraordinarily well prepared because we have invested in technology. In the decision to close schools, even initially back on March 12th, the superintendent in Collin County uh, had been in contact with one another discussing uh, prior to a decision uh, because uh, really the first decision that was made came from school superintendent. And so we were in very close collaboration um, within our county. Uh, We were on daily calls with the Texas Education Agency, every superintendent in the state. So that's over a thousand of us every day. We also belong to the Urban Curriculum Council, which is the large districts across the state. So when we got into curriculum, grading, um, all of the instructional continuity pieces, uh, we we were collaborating with districts throughout the state. And then we also belong to a group called the Texas School Alliance, which is the 40 largest school districts in the state. You go to TEA's website, some of Plano's 
models are up on PEA's website for the state to be able to learn from what we're doing and how we can lead uh, in, in our state and in our region. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we've looked at some things that are happening in other districts. And when we created our grading guidelines, we studied 50 other districts. And through all of this... Spin it, Professor Romo. There have been some bright moments. Incredible ingenuity and creativity have bubbled up. Like this entertaining rap performance from the nursing professors at Collin College. I gotta gotta tell you, the ones from the nursing faculty have been the ones that have caused me to just stop what I was doing, pay attention, and just laugh. Some of them uh, have been real, real fun, a lot of fun. Don't forget, you are too legit, too ripped. They've incorporated dress-up days around academic themes and social-emotional learning themes. So they're really uh, doing a great job of, of not only following up with those students who are struggling, but just connecting with all their students and providing some really good community-building activities while we're apart from each other. But I, I, think, I think we can all come out of this feeling proud of the way that we've adjusted quickly and that we're meeting needs. I do think there's a lot of lessons that, that we'll take from this moving forward. Um, but I also will, will tamper that with the idea that, you know, there is not a substitute for a teacher in a classroom with kids. In a, in a teaching and learning relationship and environment, um, and we miss our kids, you know, and we want them back. And so we're lending them to the parents during the day right now, but we want them back. <laughs> we're going to get through this together. We've got an incredible team here at the college, and we may not get it exactly right on our first try. Uh, it's a, a new and exciting and, and bizarre chapter in our history. But we're absolutely committed to the students of this county. We're committed to our students across all of our high schools and all of our entire uh, service area, including Rockwall County and parts of Denton County. And so my, my message is simple. We're going to get through this together, and we're, gonna, we're going to be here when it's all said and done, and we're going to provide the same quality and even higher quality than we have prior to the, the pandemic. Sometimes in a time of, of great hardship, um, we look around and, and – are inspired by things to be grateful for. And, you know, as, as the team has worked, you know, around the clock, we know that the heavy lifting that's happening at home, and I use that word a lot because I think it's true, I'm so grateful to the families in our community, to the businesses, to the, the city leaders, our legislators and elected officials, our school board. Um, but, but more than anything, parents and kids, Um, I'm so thankful to everything that they are doing to keep education going because if you want to talk about a true partnership, what we have right now is a true partnership. We can't do it without the parents helping us and the kids engaging. Thank you to all the teachers, professors, administrators, and parents who are working so hard during this new wild frontier in education. And thank you for listening to this episode of Plano Podcast. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast, Tales of Curiosity and Character. 
We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to support us on Patreon and to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send your feedback, ideas, and comments our way. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time.